Uh, welcome. This is a seminar lunch session called Entrust These Things, uh, Biblical Thinking on Student Ministry. Uh, how many of you in here work with uh, junior high, middle school, or high school students? Middle school, high school? Okay, that's a lot. That's awesome. Most of the room. Uh, college age, college students is working with college? Okay, that's good. Um, thank you guys so much for coming to this. We, we hope this will be helpful for you. Uh, we're going to try to speak quickly because the speaker for the next general session is sitting right here on my left. So we're going to try to maximize our, our time here. But allow me to introduce myself. My name is Josh Petrus. I'm the high school pastor here at Grace Church. Uh, I've been here for about five years now. Jay, how long have you been here for? Five years, yeah, about to finish year five as well. So Jay's our junior high pastor, middle yep. school, for five years. Duncan, you've been here for ever. That makes me feel really well. No, 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 no. You, uh, you've been 10, 12 years as college pastor now? No, I don't 10 think years. so. No, no, I'm young still. <laughs> Austin turned 22 last week and has been a college pastor for a couple of weeks, so... <laughs> Uh, Austin is our, our college pastor here. And then also on the left, uh, one of our elders that serves in high school ministry, uh, Matt played in Matt's been helping out in high school for five or six years. No longer than that, yeah. but almost 10. It could be 10. I think it's 10. Happens fast. Yeah. So Matt's going to be kind of emceeing this, uh, Q and a, let me tell you what guys we're going to do today is uh, we're going to discuss a few different things related to our topic. Uh, we're going to try to do that for the first half hour or so, maybe less, and then afterwards, we're going to open this up for questions for you guys. Uh, again, uh, just, just want to think through how to biblically uh, think about student ministry. So thank you guys so much for coming. Matt, take yeah. us away. Where are we I'd going? I'd like to open us up in prayer, and then yeah, we'll, uh, and we'll do that. Mm-hmm. Father, we're grateful for uh, men who are here uh, to listen and learn and also uh, to share with one another uh, what their experience has been in the church and uh, as leaders in this church and um, grateful for the men that are up here with me. I pray that you would just make this time a blessing to those who are in this room and uh, that this would be a helpful uh, session. Thank you, God, for giving us your word that will guide uh, what we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We are... Um, uh, thanks, thanks, guys, for letting me... I thought I was just going to sit in there, and then you gave the, you put another stool up. So thanks for that. Um, we're thinking about the the last session, right? John opened uh, with Psalm 19, and it was very clear uh, from him, and it's very clear in the Word that that needs to be a priority. That the Word needs to be a priority, and the clarity of the Word being even more in a preeminence of that priority. That we need to make sure that we're not only preaching it, we're preaching it clearly. Um, preaching isn't the only way. Can you talk a little bit about, in your experience, and then also just your biblical conviction, what should the, how do you focus student ministry in the Word? How do you make that kind of a, a, a headline for student ministry? Junior high first. <laughs> oh, they both look at me. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, preaching the word is a necessity, and I would maybe just talk for a minute about the importance of all the volunteers in your ministry, training those volunteers. Um, so much of our impact on the students does come from the pulpit. You know, we get to have that that time with them, but at least, you know, in, in my experience, and I'm sure for a lot of you guys, it's the volunteers who are leading those small groups. It's the volunteers who are really in the lives of those students doing the work of discipleship. So 
for me to, to try to help that word saturated youth ministry, uh, I want to really make sure that those volunteers are being poured into by me. Um, first of all, like we're, we're doing a staff meeting usually at my house or another volunteer's house who can host us where we're just spending time in the word, going through things, I mean, as spiritually healthy as I can help them be and um, to try to try to encourage them, try to shepherd them in that way. I think the better those small groups will be, the better our ministry will be. Um, wanting them to be volunteers who both love the word, but also, you know, live the word and trying to encourage that in those volunteers' lives. But real practically, just in small groups, making sure that they're, they're driving the students back to the word of God, you know, all the time. And not just even, I think Austin instilled this in me, just being around him so much, not just telling them the answers all the time, but showing them the answer, you know, taking them to the word and and showing them where those answers are found, trying to encourage them to just develop that love for the word of God is a place where they can find their answers. So I would just talk about that one area, training leaders. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a huge thing. So if if you're unfamiliar, what we mean by groups and volunteers, we, we have a, a preaching, you know, we do preaching in high school ministry, middle school ministry, college ministry. We also meet in small groups. For us, we do it in our midweek studies. And those volunteers really get a, a lot of time. And, and the verse that I'm thinking about, you know, Proverbs 3, trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Um, you know, it's it's very easy for a godly person who's loved the Lord for a long time to get in a small group with middle school and high school students and to go, I have understanding. Let me impart that understanding to you. And now let me kind of give you direction on your life. We're really, we're just a, a facilitator of biblical truth. Um, so it, when I, with you know some of our leaders, when I get into a group and I see them not open a Bible or maybe not bring their Bible to small group, I get very nervous because what you're doing is you're teaching these young people to depend on the small group leader uh, and not to depend on the word uh, where the small, like we brothers, we don't have a lot of wisdom. Uh, We just don't on our own. We get it from the scriptures. So uh, I think that's where we we see it permeating. Um, And, and what that's, what that's helpful too, is you want to invest into the godliness of your leaders as well. I think Jay said, not just uh, loving the Bible, but living the Bible. Um, your your small group leaders are not just theological policemen uh, correcting the truth. They're extension of both truth and grace, um, explaining the truth to the to the young people that have been given to them. I'll just say one other thing. I'll let Austin talk too, which is, um, y- you know, word centered is is you're speaking the Bible every single week to them. You're teaching them. You're preaching to them. Uh, that should be done well, and you should be regularly thinking, how do I get better? at the way I communicate the word in the way that they clearly understand what's being said. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like they hear lectures in class all day, and they can categorize your teaching as another lecture. It should not just be another lecture. So, so preach well is part of the way you make uh, the word saturate uh, your youth ministry. So preaching, preparing staff, and making sure they're equipped. Yep. Would you add anything to that list just in terms of word-saturated youth ministry? No, I would just reinforce that that central thing, which is uh, preaching the word of God to young people. Um, it they can handle it. It's it's all you have. Uh, I think the main question we get asked you know, on the office line here uh, by youth pastors is, 
uh, what kind of curriculum do you guys use? That's a, a common question uh, in all our age groups, and this is the curriculum we use. We, we teach the Bible, and if you don't know how to do that, learn to do that. And you'll profit from it, and the young people under your care will profit for it from it because it's only the word that can sanctify. John 17, Jesus said, sanctify them with thy truth. Your word is truth. Uh, he prays to God and says, I have given them your word. And there's nothing more precious, no commodity more sacred, and nothing powerful like the word of God to change the heart of a young person. And so we love to see God with his spirit, uh, with his word together, uh, transform young people, bring them to Christ, grow them in their faith, make them bold evangelists, equip them to face the worldviews that they are up against in, in, the, in school and in the world. So uh, I think I would just say again, you, you know, your curriculum is to preach the word and learn how to teach the Bible and, and teach them how to listen to Bible teaching. You said something that I think is really interesting. You said they can handle it. And I think you're probably referencing that maybe there's a misnomer out here that um, anyone from junior high age to senior high age might not be able to handle that. Let's talk a little bit about is are there certain doctrines that maybe you just don't choose to go into in student ministries or what are the priorities of, of the doctrine? We're talking about doctrinal clarity at this conference is 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 that applicable even as you have said even into this youth ministry realm? That's a good question. I think that uh, there's nothing that's off limits, and I think the worst thing you can do is underestimate them. Uh, if you've worked with high school students, you know how much smarter they are than you. They could whip you at Jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> they're not they're not wiser than you. Uh, they do stupid stuff all the time, but they have an ability to take in information and regurgitate that information. I mean, if you took the SAT today, do you understand what would happen to you? <laughs> it would not go well for you. We're all getting dumber uh, and more specialized in some things. So they're generalists. They learn everything about everything. And so they know a little bit about microbiology and they know a little bit about um, you know, math and literature. And, and I mean, they're just, they're so spongy. And so you need to fill this category of their thinking with, with the word of God. And, and I would say there's no topics off limits. I would try to balance my teaching uh, to young people, making sure that they get exposure to uh, the, the whole of the Bible. J.C. Rouse says it takes the whole Bible to make a whole Christian. And I think that's a good habit to show them uh, even the tricky parts of scripture and how they're applicable to their mm. lives. Okay. Yeah. I like how you said it's not more dumber, we're more specialized. I'm going to use that in the future. That's, that's, that's helpful for us. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just to what Austin said, I mean, some of your students are taking calculus in school. I mean, they're actually taking really hard subjects that some of us never took. So I never took calculus. Yeah. So on Sunday, I, I made a joke about the quadratic formula. And I, I said, how many, and I said how many of you know it? And they yeah. all knew it by yeah. heart. Some of them were passionate about it. Yeah, I know. And we'll pray for them. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, it's odd. So, yeah, you, you definitely, like, you shouldn't just be hands-off. Let's just go shallow. You know, you don't try to give them everything at, at once. They're in process learning things just in the same way uh, that all of us are. We, we learn things in, in time. Uh, I will say this, you know, it's actually easier to teach some of the harder stuff to young people. So I grew up in an area of, the, of this state where most people do not believe in the doctrines of grace. Uh, I'd never heard that taught before. I was a sophomore, a believer for like a year and a half when I heard it. 
first time I heard about election, I just said, yeah, I, I agree with that because it's in the Bible. And so when you've got young people, they'll actually, some of those trickier doctrines, they'll believe it earlier uh, as opposed to, you know, when they're in their 40s and they have never heard that before. Now you're spewing stuff to them. But you're not trying yeah, to undo yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. You've, you're, you're building that foundation there. So, um, yeah, do not, do not shy away from doctrine. They, they need it. So, so if we're talking about, uh, we're talking about doctrines, uh, which many of those are for those who believe and are, are learning more about what it is that they believe, how do you balance that? Because you've got, you, this is, uh, with the exception maybe of college ministry, but I think still college ministry has an evangelistic undertone, but definitely we believe that, that junior high and high schoolers are hearing the gospel for the first time, believing it for the first time. How do you balance when you're designing what you're teaching or what you're putting through a small group, that evangelistic goal, as well as the, the sanctification of those who have already come to Christ? Yeah, honestly, that's a great question and something that you know we have to think a lot about. And I like what Austin just said about trying to expose them to the whole Bible, to all these doctrines that are so important to our faith. Um, for middle school ministry, I would just say that the there's some confusion. Uh, I think if you're a, a junior high pastor, or certainly in high school too, but we see this so often with 12-year-olds, you know, 13, 14. There's, it's, it's just a little bit blurry and there's some confusion between salvation and sanctification. Um, they just take those two, you know, really important truths and they just kind of blur them. And, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of, I think just thoughts about all these things I'm supposed to do to, to be a Christian. And so, you know, running them back to Ephesians two often, I mean, our, our ministry, ministry, you know, middle school, it's very gospel focused. It's a gospel, I say gospel progress, you know, that's the kind of ministry we want to have, just making sure they understand it. So, you know, running them back to Ephesians 2, 1 to 10, all the time, just showing them that their salvation, it's this union with Christ. It's, it's a gift, and it's, it's by God's grace that they're given this spiritual life, and, you know, they're, they're saved. It has nothing to do with works. Um, yet in verse 10 of Ephesians 2, there are these works that God's prepared for them, these works that God's prepared ahead of time for them to do. So there, there's going to be some growth. There's going to be some sanctification in that, but just really trying to keep those two things separate for them. So, you know, one, I'm, I'm making sure our leaders understand that, but I think to answer Matt's question, just in my preaching, um, you know, making sure that there's just distinction between those two things. And there's some, some clarity there for these young people that I'm not adding to the blurriness or the confusion, but, but showing them that this is, this is something that young Christians should want to do, and it, it's going to take time to grow. And there's, you know, I, I want them to be confident in their assurance of their salvation. I mean, mm -hmm. just one thing I, you know, thinking about with middle schoolers. You know, Matt, as you said, uh, I, I think six or seven years ago, I would have made a, a false dichotomy between thinking, okay, if I'm going to do doctrine, those are lectures for believers. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to, if I have unbelievers there, I need to preach to unbelievers, mm -hmm. lecture to believers. And I think we know that's a false dichotomy because we've all heard lectures on election and we've heard preaching on election. We've, we've heard preaching on the work of the cross. We've heard lectures on the work of the cross. So you, you can preach 
uh, doctrine. And I think one of the ways you do that with students, being mindful, if I've got unbelievers, I've got believers in the room, uh, I've got students who think they're believers and they're not in the room, how do I, how do I think through that? Well, when you're speaking about doctrine to students, you need to personalize it. Like when we talk about theology, uh, we're, we're not studying this weird object in a box and here's what theology is like. Let's, like we are studying God personally. So when you bring theology, if you make theology like a science lecture, like the periodic table, then yeah, unbelievers will go, this isn't me. This isn't the class I enrolled in. Uh, this is what I was forced to do. But if you're talking about God personally, now they're thinking about these things through the lens of this is a person that I'm either pursuing or rejecting. And they still might reject. That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily guarantee that they're going to be saved in that sense. But, but now they're personalized. This is, this is how the God who I'm either loving or hating, this is how he operates. So that's how I, I don't think you have to choose between evangelism and building up the church when it's personalized. Because then you're doing both yeah. at the same time. So what I heard from the two of you, and I think you guys you answered this um, really helpfully, to, at least to me and hopefully to others, is, Jay, you said... You preach the gospel to everyone, and that helps believers and unbelievers. And Josh, you said you preach doctrine to everyone, Mm -hmm. and that helps believers and unbelievers. And so the no distinction, and I think that is, that's clarifying as we think about, do we look at these different populations differently? And sometimes we don't know where where people stand, and so that's that's helpful. Um, Do you have anything to add on that? Yeah. Um, So... Youth ministry also has this element of there's some recreation involved, right? Like there's preaching, there's, uh, there's, and it's not, we're not going out for a jog. I love I mean, that like, you said they, recreation because we yes. don't want to say fun. Like we don't want to say that's like, a bad So word. yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So there is, there is fun. Interesting. Recreation time. I know. It's recreation. Like, so. Do <laughs> I? They just like to make sorry, fun of me, sorry. I think, is what happened. There. I, I knew they were bringing me up to, to mock me. Um, we brought you for recreation. <laughs> I've enjoyed this recreation. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah. Yes. So um, the fun, the fun, you want me to say fun. Uh, what is it that, so there's this, this idea that you, can, you have to do the preaching and then you have fun. Or we have small groups, and then we can have fun. Or even within the context of a small group, we have a serious discussion, and then we can have a fun discussion. Uh, what's your, just youth pastor's diagnosis of what that is, and how do you address it in your ministries? Josh, you're the minister of fun. Why don't you talk about that? <laughs> it is. It's on my business card. So yeah. the minister of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it depends when people say, like, do you guys do fun? Do you believe in fun? I think it's an odd question. Uh, what, what do you mean by that? So if you mean, are we here to primarily entertain the kids? Is that part of our goal of the night is that they would leave entertained? Yeah, I think that's a that's a bad goal. Uh, that's a goal that could stem from pride. You know, you weren't very successful in being popular in high school, but round two, you're finally figuring it out. So I, I think that's where some guys think that it's the that's where I want to have the fun. But I don't know, as believers, we, we care about people. I, I even just think there's an extension of this that's even hospitality that you're just you're just enjoying time together as you're taking interest in another person. So I don't know what what's fun. You're spending time with people that you genuinely care about. You're you're taking an interest in the things that they're interested in because you're 
investing into them, learning more about them so you might better disciple them. Uh, that's, that, that's when I look at all our, you know, uh, the, the fun we'll have at camp, the recreating. Um, all of that's purposeful for relationship between small group leader and the students that are purpose of it, getting that time together. So, again, you're not lecturing students. You're investing into another person that's either a believer or a non-believer. Uh, so it's, it's very purposeful for the discipleship aspect of the ministry. Okay. Do you guys add more to that there? Or? I mean, the, the problem, the reason that fun is eyed suspiciously is because there's probably most youth ministries are just that. Uh, it's just entertainment. It's just fun games, you know, give the guy a whistle and a volleyball and he's the youth pastor. So uh, that that's probably we're reacting to that. Um, but I think the wrong way to react to that would be you know, this is this is just talks on Leviticus. When you're here, kids, sit quietly. There'll be no there'll be no donuts. There'll be no you know lock-ins. There'll be nothing no smiling. resembling the seeker-sensitive world. We're going to keep it you know pure like the tabernacle in here. So that that's that's just that's just ineffective and it's not human. So I mean, they're, they're teenagers. They, they're so good at having fun, and they actually can. I think pivot very nicely and naturally to the serious and to the eternal uh, when you can engage them on that just really human normal level. So we we do. I think you'd be surprised to to know how much fun we do in our ministry from bubble soccer to lock ins to. I mean, we do all that stuff. But the word is at the center of everything that we do, and there's always a a purpose behind it, not, not an allegorical purpose like MacArthur was talking about. You know, bubble soccer <laughs> represents the soul of man or something like that. But instead, it's... But it does, though, if you think about it. Uh, so... Come on. You know what? Open your Bible. So, so no, I, we just... We're, we're always aware. These are, these are eternal souls in front of us. And we have such a short time with them. And we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to communicate the gospel, the saving gospel of Jesus Christ to these students. And we'll do it, we'll do it at their sports events. We'll do it at a youth thing. Uh, we'll have a camp that's a blast, the, the whole deal. But they know that we're about the gospel. Uh, along those lines, uh, and this will be my last question, and then we can... Are we set up to take some questions? Or they can yell and ask out. I, I can, I can re- repeat for the recording. Um, so thinking about fun, recreation. Um, parents sometimes, just talk a little bit about your interactions with parents. Sometimes we'll say, like, Listen, I want my kids to, to learn at church, and I don't want them to just, like, you know, and we meet here in this room, so I don't want them to go to the basement and just have fun. They're coming to um, just to the main service and and not being plugged in. Uh, so some of that we we like because we want them also to be plugged in to the whole of the church. But how do you uh, counsel a parent who says, well, youth ministry is just there to be fun. It's not really church. A parent who says that? that it's, yeah. yeah, you've heard that. Yeah, sure. Just once or twice. Right? <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, I think in concert of these two questions, just to say, I'm, we're just trying to help foster a love for the church. And I want our students who come into junior high and, 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 you know, I have a daughter in junior high last, last couple of years. I have, you know, other children coming up into, I'm just anything I can do to foster 
them just loving church. And, and I want that. And I think any of you who have children, you want that for your own kids and certainly for the kids in your, in your youth groups. Um, and, and parents who are questioning whether or not we're either all fun or no fun, I just want to try to help them understand that both are necessary and both are helpful. Uh, we, we, want it, we want these kids to love coming to church, and, and they can transition really well from, from that fun part into a serious moment uh, where we're talking about God's word or talking about something of internal importance. So th- those are necessary, and we want them to know that. Like this, you know, I want you to know we're partnering with you, and, and we'll definitely talk about that for a few moments. Um, sometimes a parent is worried that you're not a partner, but a competitor. Um, we're just not here to do that. So as often as we can, I'm just reminding parents either in a one-on-one, you know, kind of moment or at a parent meeting that we'll have every year, just trying to say it as clearly and loudly as I can. We are here to help. We are here to supplement, hopefully, what's happening at home. We are not, I have four children. I do not need any more, like not looking for more kids. And and we just want to help you parent. So, and that also creates moments for, for me and it can for you too to, to really help and, and, and be available there for parents. Sure, our ministry focuses on students, but I know you guys know it's also a family ministry. Uh, parents will be in your office all the time as the longer you're there and the, the more issues that, that come up. And we want to you know, be there again just to point them back to the word and, and help them be you know, godly parents. So that's what I would... I would just add to that, be patient with parents when you hear that as well. Don't assume that they mean evil. Uh, you don't know what kind of experience that they've had with youth ministry. Youth ministry in this country has been, since the 1940s, you know, earn the right to be heard. And then when you have earned that right, don't really say anything of much substance. So, like, that's a lot of what their impression is of youth ministry. So just, just remember that. You have families coming in who've not seen a youth ministry that balances that time together with people and that high view of scripture, high view of God. Just be gracious with people and give them time to figure that out is what I would add to that. Great. We'd love to hear if, uh, if anyone has. We have a question in the front here. Yeah. I'm wondering maybe a few points on discipline, especially with uh, kids from unbelieving families that no association with the church, their family wives, how you can discipline them right. So, so, some, so introducing some level of discipline, maybe rules, some parameters, how do you correct students within the context of ministry? It sounds like we've got some hooligans at this church. Only your church, I'm sure. You want to do that? I mean, it's a hard question because it's the question of when, when is a kid so disruptive you ask them to stop coming or when do you? And... I don't, Duncan, I would love to, to hear your thoughts on this. I, I just say for us, I, you know, First Peter 5, it's, it talks about elders are called to be shepherds. I think leaders are called to be shepherds. I, it's almost a case-by-case case basis with each student. If this student's a non-Christian who's just showed up for the first time, I'm, I'm going to be much more gracious than maybe potentially the kid who claims to be a believer and is, and is doing things that are inappropriate than the way I might handle that conversation. Um, because you want students to hear the truth. You want to hear the gospel. I think the, the biggest principle is, are you protecting the group? Safety is going to be an issue. And then are, 
if, if this person's acting in such a way that no one can actually pay attention to the spiritual truth being communicated, then you actually do need to remove them. And even the way you'd handle that would be very gracious or maybe even a little more firm depending on the student. Recruit parents too. I just would tell you that that's, that's should, you know, most likely be your first move. I just want to get those parents involved. And if they're friends of someone from the church, it's just an opportunity for you to, to interact with those parents and just kind of let them know what your ministry's for. Um, and, and, help them understand what it, what it's about and how maybe they could help, um, you know, just trying to accomplish what you want without, I mean, we just want to be patient, you know? I mean, if you're a junior high pastor, I don't need to tell you, you have to be patient, but, but we do. And we want to be so patient with those knuckleheads. I mean, they are, you know, and, but we see every year when, when our eighth graders graduate and go to Josh's ministry, um, we just are reminded of the transformation, you know, of when they came in as, as babies, sixth graders, new seventh graders, and, and, and now just ready to listen and talk a little bit more and they can sit longer and they can ask a question where you're like, that was a great question. <laughs> where did that come from? You know? So, I mean, it's just the patience, uh, of course the patience that the Lord has with us too. But I, I love what Josh said. I mean, it just depends on how disruptive, what, what we're talking about, you know, and, but I, I'm a, I love recruiting parents and just want them to be involved, want them to be in the know. I want to call them as soon as I can, not really looking to delay it, just get parents involved as soon as possible. Yeah. That, that kid has my attention. He wants my attention. He's got my attention and he's going to really regret that he has my attention. Uh, and that wasn't a physical threat. That was a gospel threat. I, I mean, as soon as I'm done preaching or maybe in the middle of my sermon, I'm going to talk to that kid and then I'm going to not leave him alone every time I see him. And I'm not trying to pester him. I'm trying to get him to realize how much he needs Jesus and that I don't, that I'm not mad at him. I'm not like the principal with the bullhorn. I actually love him and God loves him more than I do. And he needs to understand that. And so that that's, I think I'm not, I mean, there's, there's a standard of behavior for just for, you know, society to function. Um, but at the same time, I, I have a real heart for a kid like that. And I know there's a lot of people that serve in youth ministry that do too. So that's a, that's a good way to say, yeah. you know, hey, let's look. We, we have we have work to do. Yeah. So I, I love that. So giving them the right kind of attention, not so you're oh, yeah. you're you're continuing the preaching. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been then, openly mocked and scoffed at. Um, I, but you know, not just by these yeah, guys, say, not, <laughs> present but, company excluded. I mean, while I'm preaching, <laughs> yeah, by by you know a, a high school kid and. Yeah, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I, I wanna, I wanna minister to that guy. So I'm gonna out love that that kid yeah. and, and show yeah. him uh, the love of Christ. And, Great. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Thank you. Yes. How are you guys dealing with the smartphones? Smartphones. Examples of outreach. Uh, evangelistic outreach. Right. Okay. All right. So uh, smartphones and technology and distraction yeah. versus helpful. Smartphones aren't going to go away. I mean, they're just, they're here. And I'll just tell you in junior high, I mean, parents are given phones. Um, so one, just making sure they're using them responsibly. And every kid will tell you, oh, it's my Bible app and I'm taking notes. 
no, you're you're not literally not. I can see the game you're playing. Like, it's not a note taking app. And also, you're by the really, way, I'm better than you. Let me show you what you're. Game. Yeah, yeah, let me show you how to play better. Lowest score. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, just recruiting help with your staff, with the leaders, with the volunteers. Like, you know, especially when it's a distraction, just remind them, hey, you know, put your phone away. Um, making sure students are aware that you know leaders have that kind of authority to take your phone. Uh, we'll give it back to you at the end of the thing because you're just distracting on yourself, but everyone around you. Again, kind of back to this question: if it's a real problem, recruiting parents help. Just letting them know that it's it's just it's a huge distraction. Um, <laughs> examples of fun stuff. I mean, we do. We've kind of transformed our lock-in into a, a like a late Sunday night all the way to midnight because I'm just seventh and eighth graders and trying to kind of help parents. You know, maybe not who wouldn't be so excited about a, a lock-in, but, you know, just, just take them for six hours and have them here and making sure they know, like, invite your friends. We're, we're going to be here. It's going to be a ton of fun. They consume more sugar than a human being should, but it's just part of it, and they love it, and then I send them home to their parents. So it's kind of brilliant on, on our part, but, uh, yeah. We all invest in insulin. It's <laughs> yeah, true. So stuff like that. We're we're trying to do a, a monthly kind of a bigger night. Our our ministry's Sunday morning and then again Sunday night. Our Wednesday night shifted to Sunday night. Um so that, you know, we're just kind of restructured and doing some different stuff. But one of those Sunday nights we'll do like a big like a big superhero night or a Disney themed night or just something. Um, we'll look for ways to get off church campus. We'll go to Magic Mountain. We'll just do all kinds of different stuff. But, you know, something just kind of spaced out, something doable for parents and something where these kids know, like, wow, my leaders love me and want to want to spend a lot of time with me. And this is this is a cool place. So um, maybe we could talk any other ideas. So I want to make sure we're answering both questions. Any other ideas with phones? And by the way, I think um, also content of phones, because we also know that there's there's a, a true struggle, not only in, yeah. in the distraction department, but also in, you know, we've got a lot of high school boys confessing sin that is very much related to the access they have through their phone. So anything that you would add to that? And I know you've talked about this a lot. Josh. A, yeah. So I purposely preach on social media, iPhone usage, at least every other year if I could, because it's a regular thing. What I would just say is it's, it's not a topic that should be off limits. And it's not a topic that you, like, if you just go, guys, social media is dumb. Don't use it. That's not going to be really helpful uh, for your students because they're, like, help them think biblically about it. Give them principles. There's a lot of biblical principles that that apply to phone use. That's not just for teenagers. That's for adults as well. So I'd say just talk about it regularly. And and, uh, in the small group setting, it could be uh, uh, an area of conversation that's, that's welcome to be had. So... Talk about it often is what I'd say. And then can we talk a little bit, thanks, Josh. Uh, can we talk a little bit about um, really specific outreach um, work that you, I, any of you have done within the context of the ministry? More programmatic. We know that there are students that are going out and sharing the gospel because they know that that's their command from Scripture as they've been saved. But what do we do to help facilitate that? Yeah, I would just... So I would say don't just bank on events. Like for us, every Wednesday night, our Bible studies meet in homes regionally. Every Wednesday night, we're encouraging to bring your friends. We're telling students, text your believing friends that you have an unbelieving uh, classmate that's coming with you. You know, partner in that way. I, I don't think, you know, if evangelism just becomes an event, 
uh, that you do three times a year. That's not really evangelism. We're, we're called to make disciples as we go in all that we do. So um, other than that, I mean, I just think our summer camps are always an opera. Like our summer camps, we have an, you know, we use it for those as well. Like bring your unsafe friends to things. We'll also, I think it's okay to have a, just a fun gathering that non-Christians can show up to. And there was no gospel witness, that there was no Bible lesson there. You just got unbelievers around believers and help to see like, these people are different. I actually like hanging out with these people more than other people. Why is that? So I think that's okay to do. Uh, it shouldn't be the only thing you do, but it's it's okay. Was that what you're looking there, for? I or? mean, there's there's a thousand things we've done. There's you know, Josh has done a lot of work in Bible clubs, teaching students how to start Bible clubs on their campus. So that's a, a great evangelistic effort. Uh, we do a ton of stuff at university campuses. We do a quarter cookouts where we provide the food and they pay a quarter or nothing, and we we talk to them while they're in line to get hot dogs. I mean, we we'll do anything. So. Um, give me a noun and I'll, we'll turn it into an evangelistic <laughs> event. I do want to, uh, <laughs> speaking of events, I, I want to give, uh, Josh, I want to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about what you're planning. This was um, a, a bit of a teaser, I think, with the session for something you've got going on. Um, I mean, it's not the only reason we did this yeah. session, but we did want to mention it. You, there's flyers on the chairs around you. We just want to let you all know. Um, we put that slide up in August. We're having something, you know, Regen is the name of our camp that we've ran for about 15 years now. And we're going to have a, a two-day conference in August, Regen Youth Leaders Conference. Uh, this is designed to uh, equip churches for biblical, practical youth ministry uh, to, to middle school, high school, even college students as well. Like that this is a uh, this is a need. There's a lot of bad stuff out there about student ministry. We don't claim to be the experts. In fact, I, I would tell you, uh, I, don't, I don't think you would do everything exactly the same way that we do it here at your church, but we think that you would use the same biblical principles to help shape and guide your ministry. And that's, that's what this is really about, is giving some theological thought as you uh, shape your, your student ministry. So this is not just for youth pastors. So we picked Friday, Saturday. We picked the end of August. So that way, if you've got volunteers that are lay people, invite them as well. There's going to be a lot of sermons. There's also going to be a lot of workshops. Uh, we even just tried to put it there. So it kind of, if you're thinking about, you know, student ministry means you're stuck on the school calendar forever. You're thinking about launching the new year. What's something that could just kind of boost their confidence in the word, boost their understanding of what it is that we're doing regularly? Um, that's that's what this this is designed for. So 99 bucks, two days, includes books, lunch both days. Uh, Pastor John's going to be there. Um, this is the first time we've done anything like this, I believe, Austin, unless... Uh, it's know. a shepherd's conference for the young and the cool. That's right. <laughs> We're calling it Youth Matters, and uh, you can you can get that on the way out. So uh, so that's going to be our, our conference, yeah. So And it's not just for Regen nope. uh, churches, nope. right? It's for anyone who... Anybody who wants to come. Yeah. Uh, this is a great... Look, if you've got a youth pastor friend in the area that maybe doesn't go to assault as a church, but he's got a real heart for young people. Like that's what this is for. We, we want to connect with just again, give some, uh, some theological convictions that help drive student ministry, um, towards, uh, yeah, towards biblical yeah. truth. Yeah. That's great. If you got questions for that, we'd be happy to ask a special price this week on that. So, yeah. 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 We are uh, going to wrap it up. There will be, um, uh, these guys will stay. We want to get Austin, his, his, uh, message upstairs shortly. Uh, these guys will stay if you have other questions that you'd like to ask them. Uh, let me pray as, as, we, as we close.
Heavenly Father, uh, it is uh, always encouraging to hear wisdom uh, shared that is grounded in your word and a passion for uh, the truth of the gospel. We're grateful uh, that that passion has uh, driven so many men in this room to then take that message uh, specifically to youth. Uh, We pray for the students of the groups that are represented by the men in this room. We pray for those who are unbelieving Uh, as those men um, minister day in, day out, that they would uh, see the gospel not only um, lived out, but then hear it preached, uh, not only through the preaching, but also the teaching in small groups and any other work of that ministry. Help uh, the the men in this room to guide that work so that the gospel would be clear to those unbelievers. To the believing students, uh, for the believing students who are represented by the men in this room, I pray, God, that you would uh, help to um, plant a seed of uh, discipleship, uh, the craving for discipleship for those students, that they would understand the doctrine of the church and that they would long to serve it and uh, serve one another as they do. Thanks, God, for the time that we have today. We do pray for the next session for Austin. We thank you for all of these uh, men, uh, for Jay, for Josh, for Austin, for their earnestness and sharing Uh, their passion. And we pray, God, that this would be uh, just uh, only another opportunity for us to talk amongst ourselves about how we can be better ministers of your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen.